in my life, I see something's not right, like a thousand percent. And I wonder what it is, how it is that it's always just me here crying alone at the end of the night, like a thousand percent. I put most of the blame on Alfred, how come he couldn't take that bullet intended for Mama and Papa? Hey everybody, welcome to Bagging Boardcast, episode number 132. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. We're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. The next is The List, the book's coming out July 25th that we are looking forward to. No, we sound sexy there. I know, everyone's sexy there. You never go sexy again. Oh, you like I think. <laughs> Keep then, that to yourselves, guys. Then, <laughs> Keep it to yourselves. Then we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. This week we're bringing you Dark Knight Rises, the conclusion of Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight series. It's a review, so make sure you watch the movie first. Otherwise, what's the point? Lots of spoilers. Oh, yeah, we always spoil everything. One thing we can't spoil, though, is drinking. And I thought we- you were going to say Ed. Oh... We can give him as much beer as possible. He'll never be spoiled. Oh, yes, he will. <laughs> and what better way to drink than with friends? And we've got two friends of the show in studio with us. It's just Paul's Kitchen. It's not really a studio. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we are joined once again by friend of the show, Ed. Hello. It's in a studio apartment, though, so it's... <laughs> there we go. It all makes sense. And um... My kitchen's also my bedroom and my bathroom. So he, it works. He bathes in the kitchen sink. <laughs> The only he pees in the other one. It's weird. Split. It's a split sink. It's allowed. It doesn't defecate. Oh, no, that's what the garbage can next to you is for. <laughs> and also joined my new friend of the show, Ben. Hey, how's it going, Ben? Hey, what's up? And yeah. how did he become a friend of the show? Brought us well, beer. He, he brought us beer, and that's, that's what we do. We're not drinking his beer yet. We're saving that one for next. Um, we're starting off a little bit lighter, and when I say light, we're going dark. <laughs> This is the uh, Dark Beers Rising. Um, I decided, we're talking about Dark Knight Rises, we need some dark beers to discuss while we do it. Paul and I have always been fans of the porters and the stouts. Um, yep. Today I brought us Southern Tears Porter. Mm. Um, Southern Tier, one of our semi-local breweries, just a couple hours away, and I'd say probably one of our favorites. I am getting low on the beer that's in my glass, so I'm pouring out every single last drop out of the bottle. I know we just uh, reviewed Edmund Fitzgerald last week, and I'm like, this is a solid porter. If you want to drink a porter, like, this is one to go for. But if you want to drink a better porter, drink the Southern Tier Porter. Uh, I think I like the Edmund Fitzgerald just a little bit better, because this, I get a little syrupiness to it. Uh, it's a little on the flatter side. Not that that's a bad mm-hmm. thing. It's a porter. It shouldn't have so much carbonation to it. But it's still good. You get a great, just dark... Roasty, moppy, yeah. I think the like Edmund Fitzgerald's like it just assaults your mouth. This one's a lot smoother than that. (laughs) It's a lot smoother, and that's why I I said do this over the Storm King. It has almost like a watery feeling to it, just because it is so light. But it's still this thing is dark as night. Get it? Pause, pause for his yeah, pun. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dead air right there for that one? <laughs> yeah, a little, little bit. Just well, that, no, the that time dead air, we stop for the we laughs. Wait for the listeners to groan. No, they're laughing. And <laughs> wait now, for them to now, wait their uh, power on the road after laughing. Um, I, I love this porter. I can't say it's probably one of my favorites, but it's one of those things when I was like, I want a dark beer. 
I looked for it, and luckily there were like two cases left at Wegmans. It's definitely it's definitely a good beer. I can't knock it for that, but it does have a little bit of that syrupy side. I, I get a little hit of that right before you get that smoky on the back yeah. end there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's still absurdly drinkable. I mean, this thing here, it's just uh, nothing's like too strong, and it just lets you sit there, enjoy it. Goes down real smooth. Mm-hmm. It's a good winter night beer, and of course, yeah, here we are, middle of summer, but. Even like you, even, I drink what I want. Fall. Well, it'd be a good fall beer. Oh yeah, porch drinking in the fall—that'll be sweet. That's actually one of the reasons why I prefer the Edmund Fitzgerald is because it kind of grabs you right by the tongue mm-hmm. and doesn't let you go. Mm-hmm. It makes you recognize the beer. Versus this, just kind of tastes like a few other porters that I've had. After I leave here, I doubt I'll recognize. Uh, doubt I'll, if I ever have it again, I'll be like, oh, that's a Southern Tier porter. There's nothing that really stands out. The, yeah, there's nothing stand out. It's just, it's a great drinkable beer and sometimes mm-hmm. like we did a um, crazy ipa day where we blind taste tested 12 different ipas in one mm-hmm. night and That's everything intense. yeah <laughs> yeah it was it was very intense and it was intense because it was like an hour and a half of those beers it was one oh, right after another yeah it, it was pretty good it was really quick <laughs> no not good <laughs> I, I remember sitting at the kitchen table talking to john about uh, spider i just want to say Chris finished almost all the extra beer out of all the bottles, too. He just was pounding them. I had, I think I had two. Chris just pounded them. And then, like, he's sitting there talking to me. He's like, I gotta go to bed. And just, like, slinks <laughs> off to bed. It happens. <laughs> yeah, like, from that IPA day, um, the one thing that I noticed was he had all those beers that were, like, really, really hoppy and really citrusy and really strong. And the one that I went back to... Um, that I enjoyed the most was just a little bit more subdued, a little less strong um, Southern Tier 2X IPA. So, I mean, mm. we're looking like at a two-for-two two here of like kind of a subdued beer without too much of a strength to it. But both are just ones that you can sit there, drink, and just love. Um, just all comfy and cozy on the couch in the middle of winter. Just kind of hug a little bit, too. Are we still talking about beer? No, <laughs> I, I, I really don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so either. He's talking about his Japanese sex pillow. <laughs> don't talk about Katsumi like that. <laughs> oh, you got Record of Agorist Limited Edition with the inflatable doll? Those things are creepy. <laughs> what? <laughs> Ed looks so lost. Okay. As, Ed, as Ed, you should. Ed, when you go to Japan, keep an eye out for it. <laughs> well, I am sending him to the uh, Love Street District. What? what? <laughs> there's, there's like a Love Hotel Street that I, I put on the list that he needs to go see. So we're I'll, never going to see Ed again. <laughs> I just want him to go is take pictures because I want to see what it's all about. It's in the the Shibuya district. Oh, yeah, so me and my brother going to go up to the to the Shibuya district. Hey, um, can I rent this room with me and this gentleman over here for two hours? No, you don't. Twenty what? minutes. Twenty minutes. Yeah, that's all it'll take. Don't worry. <laughs> we just want to take pictures. Let's <laughs> <laughs> take pictures of the crazy shops. It's on one street in the Shibuya district. Uh, I've. It's on your Facebook. <laughs> he told me to write a list. So oh, I did. Yeah, list was... Bring candy back for Don't... me. That's all I want. He stepped all over Paul's segue. Because we love lists. And we run down lists for news. Our top news story has to be the sad, sad event that happened in uh, Colorado, right? I kind of want to get this talked about and out of the way so it doesn't you know, completely ruin the Dark Knight review that we're going to be doing because we want this to be fun yes we do the podcast to have fun 
And when something like this happens, it spoils everybody's fun. You know, it spoils a good thing. It's horrible. Our hearts go out to the families, uh, the people that were affected, the friends. And I'm glad to see, and this is what is, I think, which brings us to the news part, is Warner Brothers stepping up. Christopher Nolan released a really heartfelt statement, it seemed, which was awesome. Warner Brothers is going to be pulling all the TV, has pulled all the TV ads and radio ads for The Dark Knight Rises. Which is surprising because, yeah, they are a company first and foremost. I mean, we're a comic book podcast. We read our comic books every week. And when you pick up a comic book, or I just picked up the previews for last month, everything in previews and all the advertisements, it's all Dark Knight, Dark Knight, Dark Knight. On the top of each DC cover this month, it's a Dark Knight Rises in theaters. It's a thing that they know that you're bound to go see it, but they're driving it home. You need to go see this movie. And for them to be like, all right, let's let's pull back the reins here. Let's let's let this slide because of this tragedy. It it does get there. I think it's a classy move. It it doesn't help. I don't think anybody will notice that was affected by it. You know, I don't think the families are really going to, you know, notice that it has happened. But it's a nice move by them. It's a class act. You know, it's just something nice that they do. It's one of the things like for how much talk there was Avengers after that movie came out. I haven't really heard anything about Dark Knight. I don't know if it's because I've been busy with the work and I just haven't mm-hmm. had my thumb on the pulse, or I don't know if it's just people are a little bit hesitant to bring up anything that can be related. It's to definitely it. been overshadowed a little bit. I've noticed the same thing. Like every TV channel is talking about what happened in Colorado versus like what happened in the movie. Like I read a movie. Uh, review actually in the Buffalo News the other day, and like over half the article is just devoted to the actual you know mass murder. Let's call it what it is versus the movie. Mm-hmm. It did have the largest midnight release in history, which wow. was forty point something million. They yeah. the theater we went to the Regal in Orchard Park. They kept adding showings to. We mm-hmm. actually got into the twelve twenty showing of it. it. It had the widest theater release in uh, cinematic history also. Um, so, yes, so it is definitely being over... That stuff is being overshadowed. And rightly so. Like, yeah. that's a bigger story. Warner Brothers even said they're not going to put out their weekend numbers just because what does that matter at this point? I know? also heard... Um, they're not going to put out the numbers, but they're still going to be estimates. Right. I don't know if this is true or not, but aren't they pulling the Japanese and... Premieres. Like, what was it, the UK premieres of it? Uh, I know it was Japan... Yeah, the red carpet premieres, as it's just said, of I know Tokyo, uh, I think Singapore, and some of the other Asian countries, uh, because I think it was already released over in Europe. Mm-hmm. So, and I think Christian Bale, and also uh, uh, what's who played Commissioner Gordon? Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman, our Gary both. fucking Oldman. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Gary, did he Oldman. Did us? I'm pretty sure he did. No, because didn't he tie with? No, oh, he was he was nominated. I don't think he won. What are you guys talking about? We're talking about our friends over at Confessions of a Movie Snob. They do their indomitable order of the Zone of Ruth as where certain celebrities or actors, directors, creators are nominated and then voted upon to become inducted where they become, example, Joss fucking Whedon or Bruce fucking Campbell. It's a lot like being knighted, mm-hmm. only... Better. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, so I don't think they're going to be really going on tour, the talk show tour circuit to be promoting the movie anymore either. Just to, it's a solemn thing now. It's it is, but honestly, I don't I don't watch TV at all. I don't know if I've ever seen Christian Bale on like Regis and Kelly promoting anything. Yeah, yeah, but true. how often do you watch Regis and I, Kelly? I don't watch TV, but like Regis I, isn't even on the show anymore. <laughs> I feel like it's still like as as a nerd, like that's one of those things. No, like point. I would see, <laughs> I would see something about it. Like oh, he's on here. I saw Anne Hathaway was on Dave Letterman. I haven't watched Letterman ever. I don't think anyone does, <laughs> but I still know that she was on it talking about Dark Knight, huh. and supposedly like said something or like. David Letterman said something that spoiled part of the movie. I I don't know. I don't watch TV, so I don't know what happened. Our, but our TVs are hooked up to our Xboxes. Yeah, I watch, I watch video games as I'm playing them. Like, yeah, you guys it. like sounded really smug right up until that point. Yeah, I don't watch TV. Yeah, uh-huh. No, it, it's just we don't have cable. We have internet. Like, I watch <laughs> Hulu. I watch Netflix. Like, that's it. I watch television. Have you seen? <laughs> have you seen anything like even before, like the shooting occurred in Colorado? Did you see anything kind of like hyping up Dark Knight Rises um, or just commercials? To be honest, um, I thought that even the commercials were pretty sparse. I actually commented that um, to one of my friends, where you know, for as big as this movie was going to be, the the third the third movie in the trilogy, I, th- I expected a way bigger media blitz. And I think it actually worked to their advantage and uh, was a smart strategic move not doing that and not overhyping it because it built up almost like an underground fervor that we've seen with viral marketing and stuff in the past. Well, with Dark um, Dark Knight, they did an insane amount of viral marketing. And we were actually just talking about everything that they did during the Week in Geek because they were doing such cool stuff. And I didn't see hear or read about anything that they did for Dark Knight Rises. They did a couple things. Um, I, I, I forget what it was. Like, there was some kind of code in the chanting um, when they released the chanting on right when the their Dark Knight Rises website went up, and then you could follow that code to something else. I remember that coming up, but... I, I really want to start chanting right now, but I, I'm not going to. <laughs> yeah, who knows but those you words. Know what? Like right? with Dark Knight, they had they mailed out the cakes to yeah. certain news outlets, and those cakes had a cell phone in it. And then later on, they called that cell phone and were like, "Go here at this time." Mm-hmm. And like that, that stuff was awesome. Like they were dropping like the fake copies of the Gotham Gazette. But you also have to remember that Batman Begins was a, was an okay opening and an okay, you know, it made its movie over the long run, mm. but its opening wasn't great. It wasn't maybe, what the second one was. See, maybe it's one of the things. Maybe I'm one of the largest movies. Of, you know, for Batman you know Begins, maybe I'm. Just, I was just too close to it. Like mm-hmm. I didn't need to pay attention to that stuff. Yeah, no. but I, and they did so much with Dark Knight that like, uh, did we top this or do we just kind of go, hey, everybody should know this is coming out because everybody's talking about yeah. how it's not going to be as good as the Dark Knight. So why do yeah. Oh, they did the same thing with Dark Knight. Like, man, we'll just play it cool. Over at Confessions, that was one of Aaron's big things. Is like he was afraid people were just going to hate the movie because it wasn't Dark Knight. Yeah, that's I mean, that's one of his big reasons when we did the uh, the movie, uh, the <laughs> summer movie bracket. That was one of his uh-huh. big concerns. 
But, yeah, uh, I, I think that's the reason. I think with Batman Begins, it wasn't as strong of an opening. It didn't get the kind of reaction that maybe Warner Brothers was hoping for, because in 1989, Batman was the largest opening for a movie up until that point. Then Batman Begins came out, and it was a moderate success. Well, also, at that time, what other comic book movies did you have? You had Superman. 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 I think all four of them by that point. Yeah, I mean, and look at and where they were we are. Dead. That series was dead. Yeah, look at where we are now, though. It's every summer you get three mm-hmm. of them. But look at Dark Knight. It made its money. People knew that. It was the biggest opening in history at, at that point. Uh, thank you, Eclipse, for spoiling that for us. Twilight series. Oh, wait. Um, it beat Harry Potter? And then Harry Potter beat Twilight. Harry Potter. Harry Potter, the last one, the Deathly Hallows part that, two. That was for Chris's should, benefit because I actually hate should, Harry Potter. You realize that Harry Potter always beats Twilight. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it, it wins everything, right? Well, if Stephen King says so, then it must be true. I, I don't read Stephen King books, but that I do agree with that. His on writing is quite good. Stephen King on writing. Um, when he picks horror movies, like this was a great horror movie, you guys should check it out. Don't listen to him because he's crap. It's crap. You know, you should listen to your heart and look at trailers. Decide decide which movies and, you should go and to. And here's the thing: Paul actually watched the Dark Knight Rises trailers after he saw the movie. Yes, because he was like, "Oh, now I I don't feel the need to have things spoil spoil for me." I know I that saw trailer the doesn't spoil anything though. But I it, saw it some just, cool all scenes. It does, all it does is like like drum up questions like oh what is this is this happened like when they show i was already pumped they show they show bruce wayne walking with a cane you're like oh that's gotta be after he breaks his back like there's tons of that little stuff that you're like oh man i was i was already pumped i didn't need to ask questions all i had to say was what time was the movie showing and when can i go kate when can we go when can we go driving okay we're going out to driving that's that's all the questions i needed to ask which I think would be the worst way to see The Dark Knight Rises. I'm not going to lie, it was pretty awesome. Not to see any... Yeah, trailers. You, know, you don't need trailers. to know anything. You're out there, out in, under the stars. Um, they had uh, some Ed's convertible. ice cream there. <laughs> Ed's got his Letterman's jacket on. He's putting the moves on you. His paw was peering deep into my eyes. Was it a Japanese like make convertible? Yeah, it was Miata. <laughs> Ed, Kate, and myself and Ed all went on a double date to see The Dark Knight Rises at the drive-in. But he didn't name the third, the fourth person because Ed has consented to be <laughs> on the show. You would have said like Ed's girlfriend. Ed's girlfriend. You're like. Ed, Kate, myself went on a double date. <laughs> the double date implies that Ed had a date. It would be redundant. Kate had to, to sit up in the front seat. <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't a tricycle action going on. It wasn't anything like that. <laughs> Paul, I love you just for using that term. Why have you never said that before? Wait, how does a tricycle action work? I don't even know. There's someone worry. just riding on the back. I know that. <laughs> But we did see a trailer that made me more excited for the movie that I was kind of worried about. Which Jack I talked Reacher. About. No, what I talked about Fuck last that. week. There's nothing about Jack Reacher that says anything like, go see this movie. Uh, it's the fact that he dresses like Wolverine. It's a reboot? I didn't even realize. I was just like Tom Cruise punching people and driving a car. That's all I got from that trailer. Oh, I got to go see that movie now. I don't know which movie you're talking about. Well, I was watch trailers. <laughs> I, I, I was talking about Man of Steel. That yeah. trailer has been released. Dark, Bat, 
Superman revival. Yeah, here's the thing. That, that, dark and that, no, that trailer looked like it was going to be a Holocaust movie, Paul. <laughs> with a kid in a bright red blanket around his neck. Like, with jeans and a t-shirt. A- after it we looked saw, like a home movie. After we saw that trailer, I turned to John and I was like, was that the one that they showed at Comic-Con? Because I heard great stuff about the Comic-Con one and I still haven't seen it. What, what you saw was like half of it. Like it was that beginning part and then it goes into some other stuff. You see... Um, General Zod in it, and you see possibly some of the General Zod's underlings in it. <clears throat> like you see a lot more, and you see a lot more of the costume too. Ursula, yeah. Urs- Ursula, um, uh, Ursula, and the other Nock. big guy. So it was basically basically going to be a Superman two. I'd expect it to be a lot different. I I, I do have some faith in uh, in Zack Snyder. Bringing this to the screen. I've said this before. I really like everything that Zack Snyder's done with his like adaptations and his remakes. Um, Sucker Punch, yeah, wasn't that great. Um, visually, visually, it was. Yeah, it was I, great. Visually, he's a great director. I like the stuff that he's adapted. Like I said, remade. Um, I'm looking forward to this. Just based off of all that, Sucker Punch. Yeah, that was based off of a short story him and someone else wrote like years ago. I can forgive that movie. I still saw it. I still can say I enjoyed it. We both have the soundtrack. The soundtrack was great. Yeah, still have the soundtracks of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie. John does that. Not me. <laughs> John does that. John does that all the time. John the Mighty Morphin. Not stop. <laughs> I was wondering what it's was a, playing in the background. It's a good soundtrack. It's got Red Hot Chili Peppers on it. Yeah, it does. Superman, though. Um... Man of Steel. No, nothing about this. Wallaby. It didn't say Superman. It just said Man, Man of, Steel of Steel in the trailer. And you don't actually get any you Superman until that clip at the end where he's like flying up into space and like the sound barrier breaks. Mm-hmm. And one thing I was looking forward to is trying to see how dark blue or dark red. It looks like a regular Superman red. Can't really tell the blue, but I know that's the big thing out of the posters. Like, oh, it's Superman dark because mm-hmm. it was a shadowy picture. Yeah. It made me nervous. I'm, I'm a lot more. I'm more excited seeing that trailer. Seeing a kid running around with a really red cape and Jarrell saying what Jarrell says. Yeah. And there can be a beacon. You can there's show men there's more. two of those. There's the same clip, but then it has Paul Kent talking as well. Oh man, Paul Kent would have been even better. Paul loves families and comic books. Yeah. The rest of us, we love drinking. I can. I'll send you the uh, Paul Kent one, Paul. I don't like that Paul Kent died. I'd rather have him with Superman out on the porch drinking a beer, unlike the comic book uh, root beer. Yeah, they went to with a cola. I'd rather them drinking a beer. A beer like what are we drinking right now, Chris? Well, I'm going to throw this over to Ben because Ben, you brought it. You got to talk about it now. What do we have in front of us? Uh, Right here is um, from Brooklyn Brewery, the Monster Ale. Uh, It's a barley wine style ale. That's why I don't like it. <laughs> um, I'm a big fan of the barley wine. I like my dark beers, but the barley wine, man, it just, like, socks you right in the mouth. And, yep. uh, it this... definitely has that little citrus undertone. I almost pick up, like, a little grapefruit in there, too. It's yeah, really... I get a lot of grape. I feel like it's definitely graping my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is a definite big boy. I've, I've had some other stuff from Brooklyn before. And it's just, I've, I've liked it, but it's always just been kind of like, yeah, it's it's. It's a good beer. Um, this one, this is 10.1% alcohol by volume. You get that. And you get it. It's going to grape me now and it's going to grape me later. That's that's the thing about barley wines is, is they are. They're, they're big boys and a lot of times you can really taste that alcohol on them. Oh, yeah. 
It's going to chain you to the radiator and grape you for 30 years. <laughs> and, like, I wasn't, uh, like, I wasn't even paying attention to what it was. And, I, like, I took a sip and I was like, holy crap. And I took a look and I was like, oh, it's a barley wine. Okay. And this- here's the thing. Like, for being 10.1%, and it does have that just alcoholic yeah. hit. Like, it just, like, that boom alcohol taste. It goes down really quick. Like, this is just a smooth barley it is, wine. It like, is smooth. Like, I, I don't get the alcohol. You When no, you like, take no, a like, sip, you can tell that it's strong. I'm getting you, you syrupy. Like, that's not really, like, alcohol. It's just really syrupy. Like, they tons of malt in there. Here's the thing. When they you just fermented the crap out of it. When you take that sip, and then, like, just, like, that first breath after, yeah. it's almost like you're yeah. breathing and rubbing alcohol. Yeah. Like, you get that... It's yeah, like, bam. I'm, a, I'm afraid to burp because I'm pretty sure the burp could ignite. Uh, have you been? Have you had the um, Southern Tier back burner barley wine? Um, I have. What are your thoughts on that? Um, my thoughts on that are it's pretty solid. Um, if I don't want to spend a lot of money, it's what I buy. Um, I'm actually kind of perturbed that Wegmans is no longer carrying the Middle Ages Druid fluid uh, really? barley wine because. That's my all-time favorite. Like, no question. That's actually one of the best beers I've had in like the last five years. From Middle Ages. Yeah. yeah. I, did we have that when we went to the yeah. tour? I, I think remember. when we, we yeah when we, we did had the like tour five, six beers there. I don't remember. Yeah. Ed, do you remember? I remember taking a tour. Well, when <laughs> we went to the tasting room, we went to the tasting room twice. You probably remember getting stuck in the rain on like a freeway overpass. Yeah, let's never do that again. I remember that day because it's the day he wore a white T-shirt. We had to look at his nipples all day. <laughs> it got really awkward when he ate dessert. <laughs> For those of y'all who don't know, I really like dessert. Ed, you like desserts? But we like comic books. What's coming out this week, July 25th? Well, I'm looking forward to a new Axe Cops miniseries. There's no S at the end of There Cops. is not. It, it's, it's only Axe the one. Uh, it, I'm sorry. It's a Firestone Union Jack, Porter, Barley Wine, and now some Storm King. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Spoilers. Hold on. That comes <laughs> I'm after. Sorry. after it, comes, it comes after, but, but I'm still drinking it now. Uh, Axe Cop, um, I don't even, it's what, it's uh, from pres- Dark President, Horse. Uh, yeah, President, President of, of the, the World. world. Axe Cop has defeated all the criminals on Earth, so now he's going to take on the ones in space. For those of you who have not heard of Axe Cop before, like Ben, what is Axe Cop? Because, uh, dude, this is the best Axe idea Cop, ever. Axe Cop was started like three years ago. By a comic book artist and his five-year-old little brother. And it's like the ravings of a five-year-old drawn. And now he's about, like, I think he's about eight years old. He's eight years old now. And Malachi. Malachi. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure that's his name. And it's. He it, got an axe for his birthday. No. No. <laughs> the older brother, because, I don't know, it's a crazy family. The guy's like 30 and he's got a five-year-old little brother. Uh, but he came back to like visit like his his family for Christmas, and he was playing with his little brother. And he's like, he picked up an axe, and he was like, "All right, I'm gonna be axe cop." He's like, "Okay, well, what do I be?" And he reached into his toy bin and pulled out a flute, and goes, "You be flute cop." So they had like this little adventure, the two of them. So that night, as like a Christmas present, he drew the whole thing out for him and, and gave it to him, and that was like the first three pages of axe cop. And then he put it he colored it, he put it online, and people went crazy for it. So he went back to his little brother and was like, well, what else are these two going to do? 
And then it's like, well, they're going to work at a fruit stand, and he's going to eat a lemon and become a lemon axe cop, and uh, the other one's going to eat an avocado and become avocado warrior. Like, it's just the most crazy, bizarre thing you could think of. That's absolutely brilliant. Where, where can I get my copy? Um, uh, Dark Horse? Dark Horse well, sells it. Was it axecop.com? Because they did it as a webcomic. Like, he put up each... Yeah. Strip individually, and then they com, uh, compiled everything yeah. at Dark Horse Comics. And I, put it I, out I think I have like the I have book. the first trade somewhere. I can throw it to Chris to give to you because it, it's worth a read. It's it's, it's brilliant. It's what you'd expect a comic book written by a five year old <laughs> to be. And the mustaches are glorious. Like they just he, at, at night, Axe Cop dresses up like a cat to go kill bad guys in their sleep. Like that's that's what they do. That's what the, that's what Axe Cop does. Okay, it makes sense. The uh, the twin ninja warriors from the moon. Axe Cop does a high kick to show that he's a good guy. <laughs> like, Making all Rockettes good girls. Oh, I'll, yeah, the Rockheads are good girls. We know that. Yeah. That's a fact. It's fact. Hot kicks. It's great. It, it's a, it's a fantastic book. I'm, I'm looking forward to having this. As soon as I saw they were coming out with the Axe Cop series, where Axe Cop has killed all the bad guys in the world, and then goes to God to ask what <laughs> happens next, <laughs> I was like, John needs to buy this so I can read it. <laughs> <laughs> Just for that reason alone. Yeah, it's my kind of book, and, and that's why I can't wait for issue number one. Paul, how about you? What are you looking for? I'm also looking forward to an issue number one by uh, our, by an eight-year-old? No, by a creator that I love. Uh, Jeff Lemire is putting out uh, National Comics, number one, Eternity. So it's going to start Kid Eternity, but uh, a character that I have no relationship with whatsoever with. Uh, but it's written by Jeff Lemire, who's been giving us an awesome demon knight. Demonize yeah. is really good. Is that no, he hasn't. He's been Justice League Dark. Oh, Justice League Dark. Yeah. Paul Cornell is on Demonite. Yes. Who's... What What other book? Oh, Animal, Animal Man. Man. Every, every other I fucking know. book you Are read, Are you Paul, crazy, that. Paul? Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. It's a Firestone Union <laughs> yeah, Jack. a lot of beer, right? A uh, Monster <laughs> IPA. And a Saranac White Spoilers. IPA before he Spoilers. came over. Spoilers. Uh, the, I didn't mention the Storm King. The f- no! <laughs> the, the Firestone IPA 7.5, too. Like We've been heavy drinking. <laughs> <laughs> I know, heavy drinking, and but that's what we love here on the podcast. That and great comics and creepy comics that Jeff Lemire has been putting out. So uh, I saw Jeff Lemire on a new book. I have to pick it up. It's the same way with Brian Wood for you. You see them on a book. Yeah. That's a creator you follow. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't follow them on Northlanders. No, because that book's way too good for Paul. I, <laughs> I just had, you know, Sven, the first trade, awesome. Loved it. Do I need more Viking books? No, I don't. Well, but you're wrong. But you're, ba- you're reading Conan, like basically. Uh, I read the first four issues of Conan when Be- Becky Cloonan was drawing it. Becky Cloonan's not on the book right now. Oh. Doing this arc. Becky Cloonan is a comic book artist who has massive juggy jeans. <laughs> she is also quite adorable. She's adorable. So I will buy any one of her books because she's adorable. And the Juggy Jones. And the Juggy Jones. That means breasts. It's different than Juggy Julys? Yes. Very, very different. Very different. Chris, what book are you looking forward to? And are they featuring Juggy Jones? No, Paul. Because the book I'm looking at is Teen Titans. And I don't know if they're legal, so (laughs) get your head out of the gutter. Um, Quite petite. 
picking up Teen Titans number 11, written by Scott Lodell. I've really enjoyed this book. Scott Lodell has a lot of haters coming in. Would you enjoy it more if it was called 18 Titans? At that point, it becomes, a, plus. it becomes a movie on brazers. <laughs> so, so, I don't know. I, I, I would only see the clips. I wouldn't see the whole movie. Um, they do one Street Fighter movie, and suddenly they're branded as the nerd nerd porn site. I don't know. I didn't even know they did a Street Fighter, yeah, Paul. I. I was just making a joke, Paul. How's the Chung Lee? Asian? Yes. <laughs> oh, that's all you need. Whoa, where's the Japanese guy in this? And <laughs> <laughs> his wife, by the way. He's not Japanese. Not He's just Asian going to Japan. At all. I just travel there. He likes the parties. They have great parties. It's true. And it's desserts. Everywhere. Yeah, the desserts are wonderful <laughs> over there, too. No, you have never seen Ed eat a piece of cheesecake before. Really? Oh, it's God. it's like something off of Brazzers. <laughs> There's definitely but, somebody orgasming when they eat their cheesecake. Uh, Teen Titans, written by Scott Liddell, art by Brett Booth. Um, we're going to be getting the origin story for the new Wonder Girl. Um, I liked Cassie Sandsmark in the original DCU. Now we're getting in the new 52, whatever you want to call it. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I've enjoyed the series ever since it started last year. Um, it's the only place I can get my Tim Drake, Red Robin fix. Um, I'm on board. I have been on board for years. It's one of my go-to books. Much like this is one of my go-to beers. Segway. That's how you do a segue, motherfuckers. You showed me up. This is the Victory Storm King Stout. This is a big boy. Um, it's Imperial. This is an Imperial Stout. <laughs> we are looking at 9.1%. So not as much as the Brooklyn Barley Wine. Um... It doesn't feel anything like it's that much alcohol when you're drinking it, which is why I love this beer because I've gone to bonfires where I've brought like a case of this for myself and just sat there drinking it and I'm like, I shouldn't have had three of these already. What the hell? Because it doesn't drink like a heavy alcohol beer. But what's nice about a stout would go great with s'mores. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dude, that burnt marshmallow with this beer, boom, pairing, done. Uh, and it's it's probably one of my, it's like my number one stout. It, it, yeah. it is. It's just great. It's great. It's probably my favorite victory beer, too. Tony the Tugger also enjoys this beer. We buy a lot of beer on this podcast, obviously. I mean, we're <clears throat> 132 episodes in, and we bring, like, at least two beers a week. Um, this is one I know we've talked about before, but th- this is one that I buy just to drink it, like, it it's twelve like twelve ninety nine for a six pack. You know yeah. it's it's expensive, but worth it, every penny. It is it is worth it. It's it's up there is just probably like one of the best outs. And also, what's nice about it? Best buy date March six two thousand seventeen. So if you see this on the shelf, you know it's not bad. It has it's not going to have turned on you. It's not going to have gotten soy or teriyaki. It's not going to get super syrupy. It's an Imperial. It's made to last, and this oh. one will last, except when it's right in front of you and you want to drink it. Yeah, it's. I've been trying to pace myself on it just because I want this to last throughout our main topic, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it because it's, it's got everything going. you want from a stout. It's got that just like that nice, awesome depth of flavor. It gets that little bit of uh, 
smoky pop of the front, but mm-hmm. a little bit of hoppiness, like that bitter mm-hmm. on the very yeah, back it of does, the tongue. It's there. got a nice little bitter to it. It does have a floral thing in the mid palate. It just it's lingers just there. Just so good. It's such a complex beer. Um, for Would the you... price point, I think it's pretty friendly for what you get. I've oh, had, yeah. I've, uh, there's a particular stout uh, called Rasputin Stout. Yep. That's like, yep. We've had it. It's super expensive for like one bottle, and uh, this is or right up there. This pack. is on par, if not better. I, I would prefer this. Uh, I would take this yeah. over Rasputin any day. Yeah, that's an oatmeal stout, and it's just like leaves your mouth feeling mm-hmm. so full of just grit. So good. Uh, <laughs> it is the good. Russian oatmeal o- stouts. Oatmeal stouts are really good. Yeah, um, sometimes. Mm-hmm. But, man, the Flying Bison one that I've had recently wasn't that good. I don't think I've ever had that one. Wait, yeah. was that the Blackbird? Yes, the I Blackbird, Blackbird stout. Yeah, I've had the Blackbird years ago and really enjoyed it. Um, the what was it? The Samuel Smith oatmeal stout. That one's pretty good. Yeah, like it's, good not, it's all right. It's not great. Good oatmeal mm-hmm. stout's like kind of low alcohol and just kind of a like a session beer. Um, which you know, you mean the Psalm King is? I would not session this ever because that's just playing with fire. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm gonna Chris, if it's okay, I'm gonna put this down in my cellar and you just tell me when you want to open it. Paul, you take that bottle and you. Sit on it for as long as you can. I'm going to try to I, forget you have it because I know I'm just going to be like, you want to open it next time I come we should, over? We should, we should, it's uh, going to be like a week from now. We should date it, like do it from a year from now. Like we did the... Like uh, the just one? The two. Dogfish? Dogfish barley. Okay. They they have a couple more hey, six-packs you know, that way. With the studio apartment, I got, a, grab the, I got a storage unit. I could keep it in there as long as I keep on paying rent. What do you do? What? I'm sorry, Paul... I was listening to you, but I was looking at John. What the fuck was that? Uh, that was you taking the nine ninety nine variety pack that you can get at local grocery store and just put a couple of those bottles into it and get a couple other ones. That's just, I can't do that. That's what uh, I used to no, do when they used to have Oma Gang in those they, things. They do that all the time. Everybody oh, does it. It's oh, wait, kind of expected at this point. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Just... Not from... The actual Wait. variety pack section. So can I? Grab, I don't do that. Can I? Grab, no. Yeah, people do that all the time. They grab. Uh, hey guys, bottles. remember when we had worldwide stout and I had a uh, four of them, three of them. So if I grab two bottles and put it in there with other stuff, out yes, of the six of pack that's on the shelf. Have you ever gone over there? Because they always have like holes in six packs. Yeah, any six know. pack you pick up, Paul, there's yeah. gonna be like. And let me know. Let me so yeah. Let me know when you do that because then they take the rest of those <laughs> and they put it in the variety section. So John's just taking those bottles out and putting them there to begin with, basically. That's what oh, we learned. They stop. No, he's not. The, the, what happened? Though seriously, I'm 100. percent Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, this is the walk of shame. Chris has got to go to the bathroom yet again. But what I'm going to tell you. Firestone! (laughs) (laughs) He's only had one beer since then. Uh, I used to do that where they had the mix pack where you get to make your own. Oma Gang was always there. In that, like, section, I have not seen it for the past, like, three months in that section. I think they pulled all Oma Gangs out of that variety pack, make your own pack. Uh, It usually. it really, uh, uh, we don't need to get into this, but... It all depends on who's stealing beer. Yeah, that, and, like, if you get, like, broken bottles, like, you get a case brought in that's got broken bottles. He used to have a tag saying, Oma Gang, three facing at all times. And now, none. Because I would go in and make a four-pack of Oma Gang and then take two beers as extras. Because Oma Gang, for a four-pack, ten ninety nine at the lowest. And the build-your-own six-pack variety pack... 
Yeah, but a Betty's me saving one dollar plus getting two bottles for free. A big bottle is like four to seven ninety nine of Oma Gang. Yeah, that gets you two pints. You're supposed to drink those Belgians in goblets because they're about ten, eleven percent alcohol. Yeah, Oma Gang's not that high though. Yeah, they're still pretty high. But if you drink it by the pint, though, it's you're looking for trouble. If I'm the uh, three philosophers, the big bottle, I would. Drink a bottle of that every time I played uh, Dragon Age. That's how I got through Dragon Age Origins. <laughs> what, to help you through that game? Yeah. yeah. It was a pretty rough game to play. I never finished it. Paul, Paul's looking at me because I'm the only other person here that really played it. Like I, I liked I, it. But I come on, really, I Three it. Philosophers, that kind of red and that kind of harsh alcohol taste, it went so well with Dragon Age Origins. It's not a red, though. No, but I called it a red. No, it had the red, red taste. No, the red color the, the of red the actual. <laughs> when you pour it, it's red. Well, it's because it's got a uh, cherry lambic in it. Yes. I will say. It's not a red, though. A red, you not, say a red, red. It is We're red. We're talking beers here. You say a red, you're going to think an it Irish is red. red. As if you're looking at it and the color I, of it is red. I know I'm colorblind, but I can even tell that that's red. Right. Yes. This is my no, first we, time hearing this. We don't, we don't know. We think he just makes that up. So <laughs> I think he's, yeah, games. he's totally used it for it's years. It's selective colorblind? Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's red, greens, and browns. I'm going to use my super senses. That's I not mean, super I took senses. a tour of the Oma Gang Brewery, uh-huh. and I can say three philosophers mm-hmm. right from the brewery is so, like, awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not even going to try and, like, if anybody's in that area, go to Cooperstown, where they have their brewery, mm-hmm. visit the Baseball Hall of Fame, do what you got to do, but yeah, go to the brewery. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it's the only reason to go there. I, I, I don't need to ever go there again because I almost passed out there. <laughs> Yep. We, we did our tour, or like tasting things. Oh, like so he was good. dehydrated, and then he walked into the like sauna that was their brewery, and he almost passed out. Yeah, yeah. like I honestly like my vision. Went, I couldn't yeah, see. I, I was blind. Paul had to walk me out so I could sit down. <laughs> I have no idea what happened. Like because as soon as I sat down, like I felt fine. I think it was just not drinking anything. Yeah, yeah. we had like. We, went we had, to, we we had a coffee, yeah. and then we had we, we, we had we, coffee and beer. <laughs> we had coffee. We got like. Chris and I had a it's lot. Been like six hours on the road. We had a lot of beers at Ithaca, and then it that was guy me just and my kept filling car. up. He kept filling up our little pint, little little glasses. Ah, uh, good times. It was fun. I I was fine. The skinny guy though. <laughs> good times. Good times. Like going to see the Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, that was like a really contrived segue. I know. Like you, you like had to make that up yourself. <laughs> Anyways, that's yeah. See, my segue was going to be this Storm King style has much more f- emotional fulfillment, just like the Dark Knight Rises. There you Ooh, go. That's, that's a, a good segue. First time segue too. By oh, the way. Oh man, don't worry. You, nobody's going to hear my segue. <laughs> <laughs> Who controls the editing? Ben. Who? Ben. Who has two thumbs and controls the editing here? Ben, you want to be in charge of our segue? Ben. Ben, if you knew how to post this to the internet for Chris and I, you'd be a new member. <laughs> Bye, Paul. Yeah, that segue was beginner's luck. Just like <laughs> Batman at the end of the movie. All right, so heading into it. Um, July 20th has come and gone, and we have been delivered Batman Dark Knight Rises, the third and final part of Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy. Um, started eight years ago now with Batman Begins, followed... Three years ago? Four years ago now. 
with Dark Knight Rises? No, no not. Three. Three. Three? Oh, three. Okay. Time Machine. I have no okay. frame of reference for anything anymore. Every day blends together. All I know is I saw a Batman movie, and I loved it. Uh, we'll just go around the table and say how we felt about it. Ben, what, what, what? I felt that as a standalone movie, it might be weaker than the second installment, but for the emotional fulfillment and the content, I was very satisfied leaving that movie theater. I felt like I watched a trilogy that had a definite beginning and a definite ending. Uh, I really thought this was, like Ben said, really good. Uh, well, without so many words. <laughs> uh, I I think three people have said it, my feelings about it. Ed, yours? I liked the idea of the movie, but the pacing just kind of infuriated me. We'll we'll dwell on pacing after I say I I loved it. Um, it had it was a great movie. It definitely felt like an ending. I think it sat well with everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it ended, but still ended on such a good note that it was like man when does the fourth one come out yeah right <laughs> you, you could definitely make a fourth one you, you mean that uh nightwing preview nightwing that they gave right at the end what you you mean you should go by your <laughs> legal name robin which i thought was such a cop out at that, that was point. i was laughing at it, that yeah point. yeah it, it, it was, was the worst part of the movie no no the right. worst part of the movie was when catwoman well let no, go, we're go. Get, no, we're getting... Okay. okay. Let Ed say what, what the worst part the was. The worst part was when Catwoman came back. Always do this. And Batman went, you came back. And I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm done. <laughs> I'm out, guys. Of course Catwoman came back. That's the only way the movie's going to end happily. Yeah. And it always happens in every movie, too. But you came back. Batman, save yourself. I can't. I'm too good. Actually, the worst part about the movie Ooh. was um, that there wasn't enough of Catwoman in it. Uh, meaning I, naked. I just want to say the worst part was there, were, there wasn't enough Batman in it. You see him three times. Just three times out of all the scene jumping? Yeah, you, you see him when he takes down the guys on the bikes, and then he fights on the rooftop. Okay. Uh, you see him when he fights Bane. Uh-huh. And loses. And loses. Mm-hmm. And then you see him again when, when he... Comes back and fights Bane at the at the end. You see him three times in the movie. Yeah. A th- almost three hour movie. Yeah, but that was spread around eighty scenes of Batman. They're they're not that long. Yeah, yeah. They're they're very very short. And that was my major complaint. You know, my go ahead, Chris. He wanted to jump in. I was gonna say, let's talk about the plot of the movie because we always do this. <laughs> we we'll start pl- talking about like a Thus movie, and Chris I know everyone like everyone's probably seen it already, yeah. but if we're, you're not, we're... then screw you. You should have paused, like we said at the beginning, and watched the movie, and then come back. We to the never podcast. talk about like, hey, this movie's about this. We're always like, <laughs> I didn't like this <laughs> because we assume everybody's seen it and knows what the movie's about. Well, that, because if I enjoyed it, I wouldn't be here. We're very assumptive. Yes, we are. But we warn people during the Week in Geek that you better watch the movie. But you're right, Chris. We should go over at the top to go over what has happened in the movie. Here we are. Dark Knight Rises. We are eight years after the last Batman movie. Harvey Dent is already dead. He's a martyr. Um, Gotham has built him up to be, like, this paragon of, like, hey. Of legal justice system. This guy has a Harvey Dent Act. Harvey Dent Act. Basically, let's throw everyone in jail. Anybody that can be convicted of 
organized crime Fascist. on suspicion of organized crime can be uh, thrown in jail for I don't know what for just for being breaking the Harvey Dent Act. Yeah, I don't exactly. Know. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Comic book logic. And we have a retired Batman at this point. After mm-hmm. everything that's gone down, he was hunted. He's Bruce Wayne has left the mantle behind. And we have a city. Partly because he physically cannot do the job anymore. He has no cartilage in his in his knees, nor or, elbows. Or elbows or shoulders. He is done. Mm. He is his body is done. Man, when you guys talk spoilers, you're not kidding. Yeah. Jeez. Well, they talked about that right at the beginning, though. Yeah. I'll tell you what, though. Anne Hathaway's body is definitely not yeah. done. Nope. No. <laughs> they can just keep going no, all night. I would. All night. She needs to be in more Hottaway now. That's her new name. <laughs> Anne Hottaway. Mm. Um, I, but it's great. Um, I think plot-wise, where we go from there. Well, like um, Christopher Nolan movie. It is setting up a bunch of different puzzle pieces to let you try to figure out how it comes together at the end. Because the superhero movie, you go in knowing that the hero is going to defeat the villain. So there is no fun. There's no trick. There's no magic to that if it's straight away hero meets villain, villain gets beaten. So Christopher Nolan uh, splits it up into multiple pieces multiple different storylines. He got the uh, Daggett trying to take over Wayne Enterprises with a... You got uh, a girl that wants to meet Bruce Wayne to talk about the Thalentropic areas uh, for some unknown reason. You got the storyline of Bane uh, coming to Gotham. And you got Bruce Wayne, the fallen hero, trying to come back. You basically have a different version of the Nightfall uh, <laughs> series in the comics. Yeah, and yeah, Thomas or Joseph John, John Jonathan Blake. Blake, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Jonathan Blake, uh, the the Z. new good cop mm-hmm. in Gotham, but pretty much like the more like recent version of what we had with James Gordon, who's yeah. taken out of the picture because he gets injured in the line of duty. And he's the and one he person putting all the pieces together. He doesn't believe in what he's doing that much anymore. Yeah. He, he's doing it because it's the job. Yeah. Um, everything about this movie, it all works together. <clears throat> De- definitely drawing from the Nightfall arc with Batman and Bane. A lot of the No Man's Land stuff, yeah, too. Yeah, definitely. Um, Gotham being shut off from the rest of the world. Yeah, No Man's Land, it was an earthquake. Here it's just... Bane fucking taking over and shutting the city off from the rest of the world. Uh, he basically created an earthquake uh, mm-hmm. yeah. with, with the rift in the football stadium. I think that symbolized that and yeah. gave homage to that particular part of the yeah. comic book series. Shutting down the bridges, just leaving the one up. Yeah, yeah. definitely a lot of a lot towards that. And um, I, I, you got Blake, which is a lot like Drake, and he figures out who Batman is like that just I think all of that just kind of ties in to it's not to the comic book fans without being huh 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 guys you get it until the very end when they're like oh look under my legal name Robin yeah that that felt like pandering to me Mm -hmm. at that point but it was one of those moments where I was just like oh okay yeah had they just said like Richard like Grayson Uh Tim Drake, anything at that point, I'd be like, awesome. Okay. But 
it still wasn't one of those moments that would have ruined the movie for me because it was just kind of like that's that fanboy now yeah. that you get out of any comic book movie now. And you wish they wouldn't. You know, it's they're better than that. Don't, here, here don't we, take that punch. That, that's us, though. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, these are movies, mm-hmm. not the comic books. Right. So comic book fans are going to be going to these movies in droves. Almost chopped that beer. Yeah, fucking call it. <laughs> uh, but but it, it also, it also is movies for the people who only are going to see the movie fans. And Up until a year ago, I had never read a Harry Potter book. I was a Harry Potter movie fan. And, you know, that was, that was my fault, but I went to those movies seeing the movies, not knowing anything about the well, books. Well, I went... The first time I saw Dark Knight Rises was with my wife, who's never read a comic book in her entire life. So I'm trying to explain to her all these different storylines. And at the end, all of a sudden, like, you get that. I agree, it's the weakest point in the movie where, go by your legal name, Robin. I really like it. And she goes, oh, I I got it now. I'm like, oh, no, you don't. Like, (laughs) are you serious? Like, I can't believe they just did that in the movie. I really didn't like it. get it right then and there. He's like, oh, Robin, that's Batman's sidekick. Here's the thing, too. She's like, yeah, okay, sweet. You guys saw it at, like, the drive-in. John and I went to the midnight, and as soon as they had that. Don't worry, it ended after midnight. (laughs) As soon as they had that delivery thing, like, people started cheering. They They went crazy. And like, I had that kind of like I groaned. I roll kind yeah. of like yeah. I I was like okay, <clears throat> this is an orphan who figured out who Batman is. He's working alongside him. It was an obvious progression. I was not surprised by that or anything else mm-hmm. in this movie. And the, when we were walking down to leave the theater, I was like, I think I finally become that guy. Like. Nothing in this movie surprised me because the Talia revealed him to surprise you. No, I saw that coming yeah. from the beginning. Like the dead. Well, we already knew that Talia was cast. No, they never said they, that they, she they was never, Talia. It was rumor. It was rumor. rumor. Okay. So but John even, and I were right. It was Talia and Catwoman that was the no, two I was, villains. I was right. You guys said other people. I can't even remember. Oh, we said Vic, I said Vicky Vale and Catwoman. I never would say Vicky Vale. Vicky Vale. Who did he say? I don't remember. We'd have to go back and listen to that episode. Aaron knows. Aaron's the one who called it out before. Yeah. And he said, Talia al Ghul. And I, I think I, I, think I went book. with you. Um, Honestly, I don't even care if Catwoman's a villain or not. I yeah. mean, it really has nothing to do with it. I, she was I, anti- I just like Catwoman a lot. I, <laughs> I Honestly, from that first part where you get Selena Kyle in the study stealing the necklace, and then she just kind of slinks out the window, at that point I was like, I want a lot of Catwoman out of this movie. <laughs> like Anne Hathaway was probably the part I was worried about in this film, and that was the one thing I was like, "I need more." I don't know why Paul's, Paul's looking at me. John really creepy now because you were like, John was all last episode, or he was like, "Well, I don't know if I'm going to get enough." Like, I need her in the whole cat suit, otherwise it won't work for me. And I'm like, I don't remember that saying that at all. John did say that. I'm like, last episode? Yes, last episode. Last episode was a Batman episode. I'm just saying. Big question I got for you guys. Anne Hathaway or Halle Berry as Catwoman? Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway. Oh, yeah. I guess I'm going alone on that one. Really? Well, no. Did you see the movie Catwoman? I just like Kelly Berry in the suit. What are you talking about? There wasn't any but, suit to her suit. It's a horrible costume. Does Halle Berry like look a little bit more Japanese? 
Yes, the black girl looks Japanese. Here, yes. Here's the thing. If you're just... Oh, this is going to turn into one of those oh. episodes. If you're just comparing Halle Berry and Anne Hathaway, I probably would have gone Halle Berry. Really? But, yeah. Anne Hathaway seems like so much more fun. Remember when she did the little shimmy in her no, dress Halle at Berry the uh, so Oscars? I, I don't watch the Oscars, Paul. Well, then you missed out. We don't watch TV. We talked about this. Oh, <laughs> uh, but... Anne Hathaway, uh, I really enjoyed her as Catwoman. Like, I think her delivery of all the lines, which could have gone horrible. Yeah. There's a storm coming. That, that's that's just me. Yeah. I, I think the way she just delivered everything, it worked so well. well just and I, I bought her as Selena Kyle. She got, she was able to portray the Selena Kyle they were trying to do, like, in the bar scene when she's, like, the cops burst in after she just shot a bunch of people and she's screaming at the top of her lungs. Mm-hmm. And then she wanders out and she falls against the wall and she goes, he's bleeding! And then all of a sudden she just says that, I don't give a fuck, and walks away. Like That's an awesome scene. Yeah, also, yeah, the that. the scene at where she's at the airport mm-hmm. leaving yeah. with the internal conflict. Um, I mean, let's face it, she's... Probably the most talented actress that's played Catwoman, and it definitely shows yeah. with like the internal conflict on her face uh, yeah. during that entire scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, uh, definitely. And I, I think Catwoman is that kind of character, too. If they announce tomorrow, hey, Catwoman starring Anne Hathaway, summer 2014. Buying tickets. I'd be I'm like, loaded. I'd be like yeah, yeah I, I would see that. Absolutely. Ed, would you see that movie? I'd wait till Netflix. There's <laughs> uh, <laughs> never been a good Catwoman anything. So the story, well, okay, now. you might, there might not have been like a good Catwoman for anything, but I think this so far, like this is the best Catwoman mm-hmm. we've got. Out no, of she's thing. great, but so still is Catwoman. So overall, we got Catwoman meeting Bruce Wayne and Bane coming to Gotham to fill. Uh, to fulfill the job that Raja Rule has failed at, we find that out later. But right. at the beginning, Raja Rule, Raja Rule is yeah. set up where he's just a mercenary and he's working yeah, for Roland Daggett. Which, if you've like watched any of the Batman animated series, as soon as you heard the name Daggett, you knew he was a bad guy. You were like, yeah. "Awesome!" <laughs> that was just like that was one of those little fanboy moments for me. Yeah. But yeah, anyone else just going into that movie based off of. Watching any of the other ones, yeah, and even catch that. You just you yeah. catch. Okay, I used to watch the Batman religiously in the cartoon. Yeah. He was the Daggett was the uh, fatter uh, villain uh, crime boss with the like white, white hair, hair that had the widow's peak yeah, slick yeah. back. He had the brother that uh, pushed him out of the way of the train and lost his leg and became a priest. Yep. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I that, that was like season one of Fair. Yeah. That, <laughs> that was a great episode. We're really nerding it up for that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we're a comic book man. podcast. Push up your glasses now, people. I'm, I'm sorry. What's that have to do with Anne Hathaway? I'm still, uh, I'm still envisioning her. Just imagine Anne Hathaway. It happens. You need yes. to separate. You need to separate and move. So he comes to Gotham in order to activate a fusion uh, reactor that Wing Tech was going to build to make 100% clean energy for Gotham City. But as soon as one of the scientists figured out how to make it a weapon, they said, oh, doesn't work. Can't make it happen. Yeah, Bruce Wayne Re- shut it, Bruce it down. Cut it. Russian scientists. Yes. Wait. Cold War. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, I, t- I guess kind of moving on to Bane now. Well, I was going to say, or... which leads uh, Wayne Corps 
they sunk all this money into the project. Now they're susceptible for maybe a takeover. Hence Which Dag moves in for. Uh-huh. But become, buys up a lot of shares, becomes the, uh, a part of the board. But Torch has already been passed to mm-hmm. Miranda. Do we get a last name for her? You do. I don't remember it. <laughs> I'm blanking out on it. But who's effectively Tally al Ghul, daughter <laughs> of Raish al Ghul. Um, which, so it's a three-pronged attack. Which, which, I, and I feel bad being like, I saw that coming as soon as Bane is talking to Dag and like, cracks yeah. his neck. And I was like, yeah, he's working for... You know, Bane is working for somebody. There's always a few, there's always these glances that they have, or when they show up in the boardroom, when he's going to take them down, you know, he brings her along with her. Like, there's all these little nods to her being the one really in charge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which I saw, but I still accepted in the... Miranda Tate. Miranda Tate. In the movie, like, it, it still worked. Mm-hmm. You know, as the non-fanboy, I didn't pick up on any of that. You didn't see that happen? I saw. Well, I mean, I noticed that she was in the room, but I didn't like uh-huh. pick up on any of that. It kind of felt like uh, Talia was the. Uh, she just came out of nowhere. It's like, oh, I'm Raj Al Ghul's daughter. It's like, okay, yeah, fine, be Raj Al Ghul's uh, daughter. It, you have it. She's the one that convinces Lucius Fox to put his hand on that screen. Yep. She's also the one when. The military come in. First person in the military, when they take them to see Fox and her, she lets them. She's the one that let them know that they were the military was there. She was the one wanting to know what their plan was for, like, the trucks driving around with the decoys. Right, I suddenly uh, like this movie better because I didn't catch any she's, of that. Not you, only that, she's also it. the one when they're being sentenced by the Scarecrow. Yeah. Bane, Bane says, bring her to me. And he's, he did that two times in the movie, too, to protect yeah. her from these people. When they when they find all the people living upstairs, like yeah. she was also pulled from there. Um, so it has these subtle moments. And then Christopher Nolan does this whole thing where he's setting up all these different puzzle pieces, and he brings them together at the very end. And it's the only way to make this kind of story work, I feel, anymore. Because you know... That the superhero is going to win, but how he's going to win is going to is the surprising part. And after the Joker, who was this kind of force of just anything can happen, like you kind of needed all this different stuff. It's yes, it feels a little forced when they tell you know you get the whole origin story for Bane. He was the mercenary, or no, he wasn't. He was my protector, and I was the girl, and I was Talia. Which I I think that was a good little twist there mm-hmm. because. As viewers, you believe what the movie tells you. Yeah. We go in with different thoughts based off of what we know and what we've read. So, like, you and I and you and I, all of us, we went in with different stuff in our brains already from mm-hmm. what someone like Ed went in with. Not to, not to like, cut you out, uh-huh. but, like, we read the comic books. Yeah. We go in with certain expectations. Ed went in thinking something different. Mm-hmm. So that whole, like, oh, Bane's the mercenary comes off as like, oh yeah, that the movie told us that. Mm-hmm. That's who he is. So that twist of him, oh no, Bane was the protector, Rachel Ghoul is the mercenary, the kid that we thought was Bane is actually Talia. Was a girl. That's like glass shattering. That can that can mind be, fuck. 
Yeah, that's a mindfuck yeah. for like mm-hmm. and those people that just have seen the movies. And people in the theater went like, huh? And like I heard people whispering like, it's Rachel Cool's daughter. What? Tell you after the movie, you know, like what? You had that. Who tells you that? Who is not paying attention? Who paid that kind of money? No, 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 no. It's that I'll explain. I'll explain who Talia is in the comic books after because you are here for watching the movie. I'm the comic book fan. That's what that was. Who was who? Am I showing? People that are huge fans of those movies. People who are dating the huge fans of those movies. (laughs) Yes. People who are expecting... Okay, let's go see Batman. Crap. Yeah, It's not that people are just like, what are you doing? Like Thursday night at midnight. I was going to sleep. I got work the next day. Hey, why don't we go see Batman? No, it's going to be the fans of those comics or just the movies. (laughs) Or the people they're dating. Or the people that are expecting Japanese parties with sweet desserts. <laughs> no, there was cheesecake. I would have been there. No, <laughs> in a heartbeat. Now, friend of the podcast, Ed. Your brother was there. He was. We went with him. He went with us. Nice of him to call me. Now, you went with your girlfriend and... And Paul. And me and, and my Paul. wife. And your wife. What did she... I imagine on the drive home, did she say anything about the movie? She fell asleep about a quarter of the way through... Um, awake, explosions, fell back asleep, explosion, awake, fell back asleep. Oh, really? No, she couldn't sorry. really keep track of anything that was going on with the uh, the way it was paced. Um, right, set up. Which was, you know, my major complaint, too. It was just, just a magic trick. It was a bunch of, well, just even the way the scenes were set up. Like, the first Batman was these long scenes that told a story. The second one, too, were these less long scenes that told a crazy story with Heath Ledger doing crazy stuff, mm-hmm. which was awesome. Um, but then this one was just like the, a two and a half hour trailer of what the Batman movie would look like, except it told the entire story. So like you could have, like have a voice in a world where a giant man with a mask comes in and blows stuff up. And then he'd like say two lines and they'd flip to the next scene. Okay. They'd say <laughs> two more lines and flip to the next scene. Two more lines, flip that you get the idea. Um, I kind of knew what was going on because I read Nightfall mm-hmm. way back in the day. Like, I must have been 13, maybe. Yeah. Um, I'm way older than you. Yeah, you are. Um, <laughs> but, like, she just shoots you down and says, <laughs> yeah, you are. Yeah, you're <laughs> older than He's me. like, I read that when I was, like, 13. I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> I'm not even going to compare. That's like, wow. Um, but she kind of had the thing where, uh, she knew nothing of comic books. She knew Batman just because of, you know, Batman's... Pop culture. Pop culture. Pop, pop icon. You know, this guy wearing a suit that looks kind of silly with a a bat symbol on the front that doesn't quite look like a bat. It's like, oh, yeah, Batman. Okay, fine. I'll go see it. You know, it'll be fun. Um, and she just didn't really know what was going on at all. And uh, she well, also kind of lost interest, too. She fell asleep. She, Did uh, she see the other, the first two movies? Uh, I believe so. Um, it, it's not something you can just jump into. Yeah, yeah. and it, this really is. Well, she just want to kind of want to do a double date too, yeah. which kind of it was that. a lot of fun. Yeah. This is more the sequel to Batman Begins than, I mean, yeah. you, you know, aside from Harvey Harvey Dent, you know, it it really is the sequel to Batman Begins. Thank you, Ed. Uh, so I mean, it it's hard to you know like compare. 
the Dark Knight because I mean the Dark Knight you had the Heath Ledger that crazy oh you know I wouldn't even say over the top awesome but his Joker was great and then you have the more subdued Bane mm-hmm. and Bane is set on a mission the plan is lined up and he he knows what he's doing and he follows those things the only time you see him lose control is when his mask starts getting hit. <clears throat> Excuse me, sorry. And you see him, you see him try to put down Batman as fast as he can. And he loses that moment of control, and that's where he mm-hmm. loses. What do you think about, because um, I found this interesting when I was trying to explain this to my wife, who's not familiar with the Batman canon. Uh, what do you think about them not introducing the simple aspect of Venom? Into the Bane character. Wait, Spider Lens? No. Oh, <laughs> the, 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 the drug. The, the drug. heroin that he takes right. to get strong. Uh, it almost makes me feel like instead of Venom, it's actually like whatever the resurrection as a comic book fan. Because it, when Talia talks, it's almost as if he had died. Yeah. And this is the one thing that keeps him now alive, like breathing in this and gas. They did have. There were those um, set pictures that mm-hmm. someone took on, like, a cell phone or a camera where it was, oh, it's a Lazarus pit. There's Lazarus pits in the movies. Like, we talked about this, mm-hmm. like, yeah. a year and a half ago now. And I- Because there was rumors that Liam Neeson was in this movie as Ra's al Ghul. And they had a young Ra's al Ghul mm-hmm. that he was in the movie. So, so- Lazarus pits? It's possible that's one of those things that they had done. Because... As someone kind of with their eye on that kind of thing, like I saw, I saw set pictures with green screen. I was looking for something that could have been done as that, and I didn't see it. So it's possible maybe that was something that they had mm-hmm. done and just abandoned because this was an almost three-hour movie. The other yeah. thing is, is you also I I saw a shot where you see like no nose on Bane, like just kind of like nothing. From uh, like from the bridge of his nose down, like it was just totally ripped off, and uh, I, I don't, I don't need the Venom. I think he was a good enough character without that. But you had Batman beating him kind of the same way with popping those tubes off of his mask, much like knocking the yeah the Venom pack or cutting the cord or whatever what i thought was really interesting was that there's a definite cinematic change i thought at the scene where commissioner gordon is dumped in the sewers and if you see bane when he gets super angry if you look at the veins like on his right shoulder they definitely flare up with that classic venom look that you get in the oh, comic books but the rest sewers. of the movie it was totally subdued <laughs> speaking of sewers friend of the podcast ed as a sewer professional um <laughs> He knows where your shit is. You don't is. have stairs in them. Just real quick. Um, when Robin goes, what? It's a sewer. And after the guy goes, yeah, they're in a sewer and stuff blows up. There is explosive gas in the sewer, so don't go down there thinking that it's all safe. All right? That's a public address public message. Public address system. <laughs> Just saying. Thank you. And knowledge is half the battle. Thank you, friend Ed. So hey. I, will, I will never like drop there, grenades down the sewer now. There are no Ninja Turtles down we there. appreciate that. There are no large alligators down there. Don't about, go looking. How about Splinter? No. Oh. Not down there. there I mean, there's rats. There are oh, rats. yeah, there are big I rats. I think seeing those veins might be more Bane being super pissed that they just dragged the commissioner to their home base. Mm-hmm. 
of course the police would come looking for the commissioner, you know? Like, I think that's more of him just being anger. I never, I didn't really notice that, but you'd like to think that you know, it's tie into the Venom. Now, one of the big things going into the movie was Bane's voice was very hard to distinguish in the trailers and that preview footage that they mm-hmm. showed. The first time I heard Bane speak in the movie, I was like, wait, no, is is that the voice that they're going to be using for him? Because it was very weird. Do you think that was how it was always going to be? Or do you think that was Nolan just being like, okay, you guys are going to it, complain about the voice. Here you go. I think that has to be it because it's like normal people talking. And then and then Bane. Like, it's overdone. Like, it just it sounds just on top of the movie. Here's this, like, it's almost like a voiceover. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not... It's not normal talking in a movie. Yeah, but I can imagine, like, if it were, like, before that, it would have been, like, just a guy growling into the camera. It was very muffled and just... Even even as it is now, you can still, like, when I first saw it, I was really focusing on whenever Bane was speaking. I saw it again today, and I I did miss stuff. I was like, what, what, what? Because I wasn't as focused on it because I'd heard it once. Like I was more, I was more on my second viewing looking for things that I missed the first time. Mm-hmm. I think it has to do with uh, it's not the quintessential voice. It's not the one that I was looking forward uh, to seeing. But then again, he's not as alluding to your point. Uh, he's not the quintessential villain. It's much more than meets the eye. But the voice I felt was almost distracting at, part, mm-hmm. at parts. Like I couldn't really understand uh, the alliteration of what he was actually uh, trying to say in a few key scenes. Actually. Yeah, but from like you know with Nightfall, it, it seemed like he had the venom stuff attached to his arms, and then the mask was just a, a luchador. Yeah, yeah, just a you know a, a wrestling mask. You know, from when his Mexican wrestling days, and. Uh, this time it felt like it was a uh, like a gas mask he was almost wearing. It kind I, of seemed like a little much. I think that just goes hand in hand with the fact that, okay, the comic book movies, they're trying just to bring like a legit reason to why, well, why does this guy wear this mask? Well, he has to have it covering his face for some reason. Well, Everyone knows he's a mercenary. Is is that why? Well, no, maybe he needs it for something else. They say if you take it off, it would be very uncomfortable or it would be very unpleasant. I forget what words they use there. Yeah, but a, like a mask is menacing and it dehumanizes you, which makes you seem even scarier as a person. Why would you really need to have a reason for him to wear the mask? It's a comic book movie. Who cares? Well, he got his face beaten in the pit jails. Yeah. So that's supposedly the reason why he needs the mask. Even in the comic book? Which, well, no, yeah. just going to the movie. Like, Soon you movie. see him after everything's happened, he's got his face bandaged up and it's like blood stained mm-hmm. around there. And they, t- they talk about the, some sort of plague. Like, he's mm-hmm. sick. The doctor tried to fix him. We don't know what that is. Maybe that's something to do with that Lazarus pit that mm-hmm. we didn't see. We Maybe he got it. beat. Thrown in there, came back a little bit worse for it. This is all just enough so speculation. that that Ghoul would train him to a certain point and then only see a monster, mm-hmm. like not see something worth right. keeping into the league. Yeah. There's enough there where I kind of want to see a Bane movie. <laughs> I mean, I, 
they developed a more complex character, I felt, in the movie than they did in the comic book. Yeah. 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 I, I, I agree. Because right from when you meet Bane in the comic books, it's some guy that's just breaking people out of prison to throw Gotham into chaos. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, really, after, like, Nightfall, it's few and far between that you actually see him. You know who Bane is. You knew that he broke his back. But you don't really get him that much in the book. And, like, now what he's in, uh, or he was in Secret Six for a while, yeah. which I thought was an odd mix. He, he worked in it, though. Yeah. Well, the thing is, it's the 90s comic book villain, which I like to say, there's a deus ex machina, and for whatever reason, there was a villain ex machina, how to, you know, especially during the 90s, where it's that villain that is more powerful than the hero, that the villain, that the hero could never defeat. Oh, but wait, the hero does well, defeat him. Does that big kill off your yeah. superhero training? I mean, Superman yeah. died, Batman died. Yeah, it's, it's the Bane, it's the uh, Doomsday, it's that character where in, it's the villain ex machina. And yeah. Bane was stronger, and mm-hmm. I mean, he was, I wouldn't say smarter, but I mean, he figured he was out. raised in the the worst prison ever by the yeah, worst yeah, the villains ever. No, he was a Nintendo boss back in the day. Yeah. You know? He was bigger and more powerful than your whatever hero you had, but he had that one tiny flaw. Are you a bad That's dude? That's actually a really good analogy. Thank yeah. you. I was that that Nintendo that boss. That was really hour. sweet. Your that that was only half Japanese. <laughs> is he, is, are you a bad enough dude to take them down? And the, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Bad dudes. That's where I went. We talked Nintendo. I want bad dudes. Here's the thing. like Graham Nolan, co-creator, he was actually the uh-huh. artist on those issues, Lives in Buffalo. Buffalo boy. And it's one of those things like I've been on a lot of local Buffalo news yeah. uh, radio, talk like, show radio. Pipe dream, like, we could probably get this guy on our show, but it's like, I just, I haven't looked up maybe a way to get in touch with him because this, this is something we could do. Like, mm-hmm. what happened in the creation of Bane that led him to be that character? Wow. Why don't we do this, guys? Yeah, we should. Well, we should there should be six people here for the uh, Batman. Uh, yeah. We should Rises. just high kick him to prove that we're good people. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're good guys. Let's give him a high kick. <laughs> give him a high kick. Let's get in line, guys. Let's do the high kick. Um, give him a Storm King stout. Right? Oh, God. Yeah. I wish. I want crack. Aren't you, aren't you glad you showed up for this show? I am amazed, my friend. Uh, so Ed, good. were we able to persuade you to maybe give this movie a second shot? I'll give it a second shot, but I still don't think I'll be uh, as ecstatic as you guys about it. Here's the, the pacing will still get me. It, it, it a, has to be that way in order to set up the puzzle pieces to come together at the it, end. Then it don't is, make it as big. It is a really long movie, and I could not think of anything that could be cut out because it all does add up. Mm-hmm. Even the stuff with Talia being Miranda undercover, you need the Daggett stuff to set up mm-hmm. her kind of stepping into power for that. You need somebody to bring Bane there. And I, I just want to point this out. The whole moment when Miranda takes control of the board and Dayat comes and is yelling at Bane, and Bane just takes his hand and just sets it on his uh-huh. shoulder. It's like, what makes you think you're in power here? Yeah. Because you, 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 you paid me money? Like, um, it's, it's just kind of like you were just a small stone that we needed mm-hmm. to get to everything else. But that just that that hand right huh. there, it's just like, oh my god, that was a powerful scene. <laughs> F, when I saw this movie, I was talking to Aaron from Confessions of the Movie Snob the next day, being like, I loved it. 
I don't need to see it again. I, t- I looked at this as the superhero equivalent of Requiem for a Dream. I loved it. It was so powerful and just it worked in a way that it, I don't need to see it again. After I was here yesterday and you watched the trailer for it, after seeing the trailer for it, I was like, I, I kind of want to see <laughs> it again. You should see it again. Uh, I, I felt the exact same way as you. And my dad, my dad came into town and he's like, hey, let's go see Batman. I was like, oh, you wanted to see Spider-Man too, though, right? And he goes, eh, I think I'd rather see Batman. So I was like, okay. And I sat down and I enjoyed it. I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot better. All those things that I had, quote unquote, like problems with, I knew that they were coming. I was looking for those other little things that I missed, and there's so many things I can't even I can't even name them that I was like, oh shit, that's really cool. Or oh, that scene you totally didn't notice the three other bridges being blown up because you were watching this other the, the other bridge getting blown up. No, I I, I, I saw the bridge. I saw the bridges except for the one. Well, there's things that I, that I miss, but I mean, That's there's okay. things that I noticed that you probably missed because you were watching something else. Oh, Miles, Miles shaking his head. You sitting in a car with your wife? Yeah, you saw every little yes, I thing. Did. Wife and dead. <laughs> <laughs> and we were sitting outside the car, in front of the car. In all honesty, though, I will go see the movie again. With beer, this is the first power. Batman movie that I have not seen at midnight. Uh, I went to an 11 o'clock show the next morning with my wife. We have a new kid at home, which... Hey, congrats. Thank you, thank you. But um, to be honest, like half the time whenever there's a law in the movie, mm-hmm. I don't want to make light of the situation, but I was literally looking at the exit door mm-hmm. to the auditorium, um, and I thought that that took away a little bit from the movie and maybe distracted me a yeah. little bit. So I definitely want to go see it with somebody who knows the comic book canon and where I can focus basically on the screen yeah. uh, versus everything else that's going around. Hey, I can oh. understand that. Uh, I loved it. I knew I knew going in that it was a Christopher Nolan movie where they're going to be setting up pieces and it's all going to come together at the end and I need to trust that. And I knew it was a two hour and 45 minute movie yeah. because it's a drive-in. I thought it was two hours and 44 minutes. <laughs> okay. Well, it's driving. Someone doesn't know how to round. <laughs> yeah. We're up to this nice odd number. Somebody, all, all I'm saying is, is listed as two forty-four. Okay. Well, <laughs> plus whatever the, it is, plus the one minute of hurry up. You better get your popcorn now. The extra minute is of Anne Hathaway. Yeah. It, it feels like so two I, hours and forty-five. If it's yeah, two thirty, like. It feels I, like a full, condensed, uh, very dense movie, and I was expecting it. I knew what I was getting to going in. So see, I, I, I was felt pleased. like it, too. And I don't know if it's just the woes of a tall guy at a movie theater. Ben, maybe you can appreciate this, too. You just get so uncomfortable in those seats when you can't stretch your legs out. Like Man, If you wanted to drive in, you could totally stretch your legs all you want. Okay, this is when we separate the Batman fanboys from the Green Lantern fanboys because I don't I'm notice I'm I don't sorry. notice the seat when I'm watching a Batman movie. If I'm watching a Green Lantern movie, I'm really uncomfortable. <laughs> Dude, it's it's the acting. midnight sitting in a crowded theater. Like I'm used to putting my feet up on the seat in front of me. If I've got people sitting next to me, I I couldn't do that because it was a like 
crowded, if not full theater when we went. I offered you not only, like, there was enough room where I was sitting for you to stretch your legs. There was a time in the middle of the movie where I thought about switching with you so I could push my feet out into the aisle. He offered you the world. Yeah, and he was like, no, I like putting my feet up like this. And then those fuckers sat in front of us and I couldn't put my feet up. And that guy's name was the same. His name was Chris, too. So you now you know you know he got all the play because he was there with three girls. He was like, <laughs> there were like four or five girls. Yeah, only three of them he had sex with. Yeah, but, different times though. Good for him. I hope they were the cuter ones. No, you take what you can get. And I, I love your when your name is Chris. <laughs> and I know you did not like this movie right at the end. When because you you said there was too much stuff going on, too many jumps of the scenes, too much going on, too much being set up. It was all set up, not enough movie. That's right. I mean... Anything to change your mind. No, no, no. I mean, that's, I've said everything I needed to say before, and that's a good way to sum it up. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciate that there were things in there that I missed. Um, I was kind of just watching it just as a uh, casual comic book non-reader who uh, was watching <laughs> a movie happen. I was kind of hoping to hear a story, whereas all I felt like is I just saw a bunch of scenes thrown at me with uh, a little bit of lines here and there. I never saw a scene go from, you know, start to finish. Mm-hmm. And that was, it was just kind of... ADD, you said. ADD. And it just kind of uh, got kind of dull after a while, too. It's like, okay, you know, you're just throwing crap at me. and uh, I can understand. You, you know, stuff that. blows up. It's like, yeah, stuff blows up. You know, um, Robin... Blew up for a purpose. Yeah, I pre- but yeah, like, that, that was it. it was, there was a purpose, and I recognized there was a purpose. But the scene wasn't... This is Bane going to blow up the city. This is this is what it would look like if Bane were to come and blow up the city. I can actually <clears throat> agree with you, not from my own personal standpoint, because I'm familiar with the comic book storylines. But my wife, then again, she's never read a comic book in her entire life. And this is like one of the first Batman movies that she's actually seen. You're stealing my microphone. In the theater. And she was like... Well, I can't wait for the next one. Like, um, she was kind of expressing the same opinion of it was kind of helter-skelter, but it made her more interested in the underlying story arc. So in that case, I guess I'm fortunate because she actually wants to watch the first two. Uh, She She didn't even watch the first two. She did not watch the first two. Wow. She's a trooper. Uh, She's a trooper. She went with me because I don't go to movies alone. Um, so she went with me and she really liked it. So now she wants to get more into it. Um, but I can, that's time to want to get into it. (laughs) Yeah. But I can see your point of view because if you're watching it as somebody who doesn't know a lot about the comic book canon, it leaves you wanting more. Like you felt like you were a little, uh, like segmented. Yeah. I wasn't really wanting more. Um, I was wanting deeper, you know, um, I felt like they could have taken out a storyline and just had three oh, jumping rounds. Okay. What storyline would you have wanted taken out of there? Uh, There's a lot in there. Because that's, that's the argument. That's like, what separates us. What, what do you cut that's out one. to make this movie flow and, and work? And Probably the Robin storyline. That's the storyline I do not ever the, want to see that, ever. That was the storyline <laughs> that, that was only there to set up a sequel. No, there, there's not going to be a sequel. This is the end. Lies. No, no. This is it. this is the end. No, no. Nolan is no longer working. They're with them. rebooting Batman after this. 
they, they are they're making. Not, they're not doing anymore. They, no, they like, are making a reboot. They're making a new Batman oh, to go with the Superman Man of Steel to go into Justice League. They, they want. They want okay, a Justice enough. League Avengers. We're not going to get a continuation of this. And, yeah, but I mean, all I saw was this Robin character was there. Just so that some guy sometime could come in instead of a Nightwing sequel. That's all I, I saw. I, uh, he would step into the Batman mantle. I, I don't see him as a Nightwing. But because they have the of Batman single. I do see him as a Nightwing because he's not as physically trained as a Batman. So he'd have to use like lethal force. and like I mean, Nightwing has used a gun before. So we know that. That's well, kind of yeah, leading up to but it. But I, I would see him more, like, if you were going to go into this, I would see another Batman movie, not a Nightwing movie. Absolutely. And that's that's where I say this, because, I mean, you and me know who Nightwing is. Right. Everyone else would be like, Christopher Nolan's making Nightwing, and this looks like it's like Batman. Like, what is it? Uh, my legal name is Robin. That's, it, yeah, look, that scene was overplayed. Yeah. Isn't that a girl's name? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, also would have gotten the other scene I would have gotten rid of is uh, the uh, save yourself, Batman, Catwoman. Um, you wanting to eliminate a Catwoman movie makes me want to reach across the table. <laughs> or a Catwoman scene, like no, I, I she needs to be in that movie no, she way was, more. She was, she was a very good actor, but I would have like that scene Actress. was like the most horseshit thing to ever hit a movie. Since that scene happening a million times over in every I can, other movie, I can understand that because their first interaction, he's getting his mother's necklace stolen by her. Mm-hmm. Next time, he's infatuated trying to get with her. That. He's infatuated, with her and she's like, "No, fuck you! You have everything. I have nothing." And then the next time after that, they're buddies. Yeah, it's like so. What the I hell? can I can kind of understand where, that. Where did they suddenly start getting like real close like that? Uh, when he saved her life. From those armed muggers? Yeah, probably oh, back okay. in the fifties when the comic book was first like created. Uh, I, so yeah, I, yeah, I, I can I, see that. I, I, I can see that as well. What you're saying, Ed? It, yeah. it make it can make sense. But it's also I, you you are you like there's this is the line of the table like the non Batman. You reader. moved over past the line, John. I'm, you just I'm, made I'm, the line after I'm you moved on the line. Everyone else is first selling. Him out to Bane. Truth. And then he comes back and forgives her, at which point he she realizes, oh, this guy isn't a rich dick who's just out to screw over people like me. He's just a rich dick who's in it to screw me. Yes. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And there there I come back. It was a Cliff Notes movie that took two and a half hours. Because there was no, you know, with Catwoman sold out Batman, then everything was great. Where did Bane decide that he was going to set out to break Batman? I know with Nightfall, that was the entire mission. You know, they showed up Bane, and it's like, okay, break well, Bat. It, it, was, it was, this man killed my father. We need to take the city like he wanted to do, and we need to stomp out the man that killed him. We need to make him the father. Exactly. Yeah, yeah but that, that's like some of that should have at least come out, hinted a little bit in the beginning, as opposed to throwing it at you way at the end. Only... 
Sorry, guys. You comic book guys got that like yeah. halfway through when you heard the word Talia. Like, oh yeah. No, no, awesome. I knew that right when she like spoke, and I was like, oh, she's foreign. Yeah. Oh, she's gonna be Talia. <laughs> yeah. That's even, okay. Yeah. But also, yeah, it needed to be a surprise. It needed to be. No, a, it didn't. It, it, I think so. But it's one of those things. Like, I I agree. Like, you had that hallucination of him seeing Rachel Gould there. People went fucking crazy when he appeared on screen. And then, like, he just faded off because he was, like, a fever yeah. dream almost. I'm sorry. This is bugging me. Is it Rajagul or Rajagul? Both are acceptable. Okay, because I've always said Raj. Yeah, the comic Raj and cartoon Raj was Rajagul. Okay. Rajagul in the yeah, animated series. The okay. actual pronunciation for it in Arabic is Raish. But the creator, uh, Chuck Dixon, so says Raish. Uh... Arabic now? No, I've I've looked into actual pronunciation because I'm a comic it, book. Uh, it was one of one of the first, uh, not our first comic book convention, but one of our comic book conventions. Right when Batman Begins was coming yeah. out, yeah. it was a topic of discussion. I think that he's going to grace you in the mouth. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's not ingratiate ourselves <laughs> any more than we have already. Let's let our our uh, listeners decide where they stand on this movie by emailing us at bagdenboard at contact at bagdenboardcast.com. Also, let us know what you feel over at the Facebook. We're just bagdenboard. Hit us up over at Twitter. We're at bagdenboard. We're very easy to get a hold of if you know how to look. <laughs> If you like bags and boards, which you should because you're listening to us right you, now. You don't and, want to listen to the boarded. But if you like bags and boards, you should like us over on iTunes. I live for your ratings and reviews. I'm he looking really, at you, really Ben. You've been on the show. You you've, now you've need brought to rate beer us. and you've drank the beer. You need to rate and review us over And the on review iTunes. can't be, Storm King is really good. <laughs> no, I could. I don't no, care what the review good. is. You, Thank you. You will know my review by I like desserts <laughs> as well. MOC, thank you for your review on the iTunes. I do really appreciate it. Uh, until next week, guys, uh, keep reading your comics. Keep on reading your beer because we're bringing you our monthly look back.